While you were folding episode 38, NFP feedback. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things, marriage, parenting, faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been a wife for 11 years and a mother for nine. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will introduce you to some amazing guests, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of another week, another opportunity to speak with these listeners. Several of the listeners reached out to me this week and did not want me to share their stories on the air, but it is so obvious that the area of fertility is a cross for a lot of people. And for some, it's the cross of fertility and a lot of babies coming quickly and feeling ill-equipped to take on so many children so quickly. For others, it's the cross of infertility and wanting so desperately to have another baby or just another child in their arms. For others, it's secondary infertility. Some, it's the loss of a spouse. And for others, it's that they have chosen a life of consecrated religious life or the priesthood and feel like those who are called to married life aren't understanding the gift that fertility is and that so many of us are just getting it wrong. So there's just a lot of angst, a lot of sadness and heartache, and we ask you to bring the joy and the peace and the surrender that you hope for us because you've created us in your image out of perfect love. And we ask that the area of fertility can be healed of whatever wounds that we might be experiencing so that we can better live out the gift of married love for those of us who are called to the vocation of marriage. And for those who are forgoing Married life, whether a consecrated religious, someone who is single, or a priest, that we're all glorifying you through whatever it is you're calling us to. And again, we just ask for healing, we ask for peace, and we ask for good, holy friendships so that we can help one another when we are struggling to bring you into this situation, invite you in, and help carry us forward. And we pray these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as you might have guessed from this week's title for the episode, NFP Feedback, 
I got a whole bunch of feedback from last week's episode with Becca Knobloch. If you have not had a chance to listen to it, I definitely encourage you to go back to episode 37 and listen about um, listen to my conversation with my good friend Becca. We talked about all things NFP. And uh, if you're wanting to get in contact with Becca or learn more about her and her ministry, you can find her at femininegenius.com. So before I get into all the feedback and things that all of you reached out and shared from last episode, I thought I'd do a quick little update. I realized um, since last week I jumped right into my conversation with Becca, I haven't circled back and talked about checking in on my resolution to stop staying up too late and to get off my phone and not do any mindless scrolling on social media in the evenings. So I am happy to report that I asked Philip to lock down my phone's access to the internet and to social media, and I don't know the password and I can't bust through it, even if I try. So it turns out locking me out of my phone is much more effective than relying on self-control. And while uh, self-control definitely sounds more noble, and I wish I could tell you that I could do that alone... This is actually working, so I'm not afraid to admit it just required putting a lock on my phone. (laughs) So we're going to call it a win. I'm still staying up too late reading sometimes, not nearly as much as I had been, but I think the problem is there have just been so many great books. (laughs) I'll blame it on all the really great authors that are out there. Um, I'm in the middle of Where the Crawdads Sing, and I am loving that book. Don't you dare tell me what happens. I'm like 70% into it and it's awesome. And as far as my phone goes, I have, I was putting my phone on the kitchen charger, but I was really struggling to fall asleep because since I had brought my phone back upstairs, I had been listening to audiobooks and putting on a timer to the audiobook and falling asleep. So I unfortunately am addicted to listening to audiobooks to put me to sleep. So I brought my phone back upstairs and I'm still listening to audiobooks, but with the um, locks that Philip put on it, I am not nearly as uh, addicted to getting on my phone. I just pull it out, pull up the audiobook, and then I'm not on it for the rest of the night. I'm still using my sunrise alarm clock to actually get me up and out of bed in the morning. And that has been really effective. So all in all, things are still are are much better than they had been. I'm still up too late sometimes reading books, I need to have more self control in that area. So uh, yeah, Still working on that, but things are definitely better. I hope you are doing better with whatever area of self-sabotage you're struggling with, but things are definitely looking up in my world. Also, I wanted to share a really great nonfiction book recommendation. I just finished reading The Enchanted Hour, The Miraculous Power of Reading Aloud in the Age of Distraction. This book is so great. I found out about it on the Reading Revival or um, Read Aloud Revival podcast by Sarah McKenzie. And the guest was the author of this book. And of course, I don't have it in front of me. Her first name's Megan, and I think it's 
Gosman. I should have looked this up beforehand. But again, we're embracing the imperfect on this podcast now. But I'll have a link to this title in the show show notes, The Enchanted Hour. Anyway, this book goes into a lot of great detail about the science behind reading aloud. And it was so powerful for me. Reading aloud has definitely always been a big part of our family culture. And I think we've worked really hard this summer to get back into that because we had gotten away from it a little bit during newborn life with baby Gloria joining our family in March. But we're back into a rhythm with reading aloud and it has brought so much peace and so many blessings to our family. So I think on a future episode, I'll share more about that book and maybe even do a giveaway because I loved it so much. And then I've had a lot of people ask questions about how we do read aloud time in our family. So I think I'll finally go ahead and do an episode on that. But in the meantime, wanted to pass along that book recommendation. And I wanted to ask all of you what you're reading these days. Um, So if you have any great book recommendations, let me know. And you can also add me If you haven't heard of it before, there's this great website. They have an app as well, Goodreads. um, It's a place, I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, where you can list the different books that you're reading. You can show your progress on how far into it you are. And then when you've read it, you can give the book a star rating or a review. And you can also create a shelf where you can keep track of the books that you would like to read. So I have loved keeping track of my books that way. I think in a future life, I would love to have a journal where I actually have written down all of these things to keep track of. Because if you're a reading nerd like I am, I'm, I already signed my kids up for a Goodreads account so that each of them can keep track of the books that they're reading and what they thought of them. Because oh, what I wouldn't give to be able to look back and see as a third grader the books that I was reading and what I thought about them. So if, if I could be a bully for a little bit, I would encourage all of you to do that with your kids. Either, either grab a journal and just have them keep track that way or give them a Goodreads account so that they can start keeping track of the books that they're loving and that they want to read. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to share was that I gave myself the best gift ever last night. I was feeling tired and kind of overwhelmed because we're having a busy week and a lot of crazy stuff has been happening behind the scenes over here. So I had nursed Gloria, her last feeding of the evening, and Philip turned to me and he said, I can tell that you're feeling really stressed out. What would make the rest of your evening awesome? And I said, you know what? Going to bed sounds really awesome. So we went upstairs And we both read in bed until it was time for lights out. And it was so luxurious. It felt absolutely decadent to be upstairs in bed at 830. And I thought it would be fun to challenge all of you to do something like that this week. I want you to do something that feels absolutely luxurious. So I thought I'd throw out a couple of ideas. Maybe it's an early bedtime like me or a bubble bath or reading for fun at the park, taking a walk around the neighborhood with your dog after the kids are in bed or meeting up with a girlfriend for a cup of coffee. I want you to think, you might be able to hear my kids screaming in the background. (laughs) See, they're not perfect. We're embracing the imperfect. Um, 
So think about something that sounds awesome, that would fill your bucket. And I don't want it to be the thing that is frequently listed in the list of self-care things that you find. I want you to think about what specifically to you would fill your bucket. I love hearing about those things and what you would find enjoyable. And the more specific, the better. So please, please, please tell me what you would choose to fill your bucket. What would feel absolutely decadent or luxurious? Email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Okay, so let's jump into the feedback that I got from last week's episode with Becca. Again, if you didn't hear it, it was episode 37, All Things NFP with Becca Knobloch. I received a lot of great feedback. And like I said in the opening prayer for tonight's episode, um, I think so many of you are struggling and realized after listening to the episode that you are definitely not alone, that there are a lot of people out there that are struggling with fertility. So if nothing else, I hope that that episode was a blessing to you in knowing that you're not alone. And a lot of you also wanted to keep your feedback anonymous, but two of you reached out and I thought I'd share the feedback tonight because it generated a lot of different thoughts for me that I wanted to be sure and share. So I'm going to go ahead and get to it. The first one came from listener Bonnie. She emailed me and said, first, I have to tell you that I love your podcast, though it is never long enough for me to get all my laundry folded. (laughs) Laugh out loud. (laughs) It was such a wonderful surprise when you reappeared with new episodes. I just listened to your podcast about NFP, and I wanted to share that there is already an NFP forum called Living the Sacrament, and it is free. I found this forum over eight years ago when I was newly engaged and learning NFP. We discuss a lot of topics, both NFP and non-NFP things. Come check it out. And then she sent me the link, which I'll include in the show notes, and it is livingthesacrament.com. So Bonnie, thank you so much for your sweet message, for taking the time to listen to the podcast and for letting me know about this forum. I checked it out and I definitely encourage all of you listeners to go find it. There are so many great online resources. So this one that Bonnie mentioned, livingthesacrament.com. Also, there are all kinds of NFP groups on Facebook that I'm aware of. I also, in the episode 37, mentioned that Jenny Eubing started an online community called Off the Charts, and it is a paid subscription service. And I am not a part of it, but I know several people who are, who are really enjoying it. So if you're hoping to find some support in an online community, maybe you don't have a lot of friends locally that are um, trying to live out married Catholic life and are doing NFP, go ahead and do a quick search on Facebook and you'll find a bunch of groups. I definitely encourage that. So Bonnie, thank you for adding to the different lists of resources that we can all find out there for NFP. The other feedback I got was from my friend Emily, and she gave this really beautiful, thoughtful email And I wanted to be sure and share it. And I'm going to share a little bit and then jump in with my feedback and then share a little bit more. Okay, so here's Emily's email. She says, hey, Catherine, I love that you're back at podcasting. I have so many NFP thoughts. 
but to keep it as concise as possible. I think the most important and helpful thing for women would be to see how God fits into NFP. Not in a cliche way, but with a deep invitation for our Father into our lives. Whatever kind of NFP we practice, and whatever level of fertility or infertility we have, it allows us the space to continuously invite our Father into this very huge part of our lives. Our Father really wants to be in the nitty-gritty, intimate, most important details of our lives. I think we miss so much beauty when this is forgotten. NFP is a lot harder when we try to navigate it ourselves. This is a way our father can be and wants to be part of our marriages and families. Okay, I'm going to pause right there. So I could not agree more with you, Emily. Everything that you said right there, I was doing a little fist pump in the air because I could not agree more. When you said we have to invite God into the nitty gritty and that NFP is a lot harder when we try to navigate it ourselves, I think you nailed it. It is so easy to forget to invite God into your couple prayer time when it comes to this, or even your individual prayer life. I think for me, it's definitely a temptation to compartmentalize this part of our life because we just, I don't know why, but we forget to talk with God about it. And after all, he's the one who designed sex to be the awesome, beautiful, unifying, and procreative act that it's supposed to be. But I think it's easy to just forget to talk about it in our prayer life. And it's when my broken humanity gets involved and I stop inviting him into the broken places of fertility that it goes awry. So I love what you're saying here that God, all he wants to hear all the details. He wants to know about the struggles. He wants to know when things are going great. He wants to know that you love the gift of our sexuality because he made it for us. And I think it's good and awesome for that reminder that he wants to be part of the nitty gritty that's in front of us. So thank you for that reminder, Emily. I'll continue on with sharing more of what she said. Okay. Emily went on to say, I think what women need more than anything else is a place and to openly talk about their experiences and struggles. I loved when you led the NFP meeting two years ago at Women at the Well. I loved hearing the stories of the women when we broke into groups. So a little side note, what Emily's talking about there, Women at the Well is the name of a parish group for young women that I started when we moved to our parish five years ago. And Emily's referring to a meeting that we had a couple of years back when I led a discussion with our group about NFP. And then I had given everyone some discussion questions to go through in small groups after we broke out. And I ended up having to cut everyone off at the end of the meeting because they were all having such great conversations. And it was obvious, like Emily mentions in this email, that people just needed a place to talk about it. So Emily goes on to say, the hard part is that the enemy divides. And sometimes this topic can get a little touchy when people think one way of doing things is better than another way. But I think if we can recognize God is calling all of our families to holiness in our own individual ways, we can see the beauty in our different family sizes and different levels of fertility. Emily, I love what you said there. It is absolutely beautiful. I think all of us have at one point or another, when we started to learn about NFP, started to see the reality 
of how the enemy is dividing us with the area of NFP, holy cow, like (laughs) method wars, where people start championing how they do NFP and talk down about other methods. And when it comes to family size, holiness looks different in every family. There are a lot of different ways to be holy. And this reminded me so much of the C.S. Lewis quote. C.S. Lewis said, how monotonously alike all the great tyrants and conquerors have been. How gloriously different are the saints. And isn't that so true? If you think of all of the different tyrants of history, they all have so much in common. But if you look at the lives of all the different saints and the way they lived their lives, totally different people who did totally different things and lived out God's calling for their unique lives in completely different ways. And it's the same for NFP. There's For our fertility, there would be... It's not going to be any different. And it's such a turnoff for me when someone gets really prescriptive about things when they start saying, this is exactly the way you have to do something. There is so much beautiful variety in our church. There's so much beautiful variety in the different things that we're called to. And so thank you, Emily, for the reminder that we're all going to have individual ways. Our different our families are going to do things differently. And that's not a bad thing. And what you said about beauty from our different family sizes and different levels of fertility, you are so right about that. That there's no rule that in order to be a quote unquote good Catholic family, that you must have 10 kids. And we're all going to be called to different family sizes and we're going to be given different bodies that may or may not be able to have biological children. And God blesses all of it. He's there. He's within each and every family, and he is blessing all of our different situations. The problem is when we talk about our unique cross in the area of NFP, fertility, infertility, without sensitivity to where others are. Or if we make others feel like their cross is somehow inferior to ours. This makes me think about Simca Fisher as one of my very favorite Catholic writers. She was a regular columnist with the National Catholic Register for years, and now she writes regularly on her own website, SimcaFisher.com. And her first name, if you wanted to Google her, is Simca, S-I-M-C-H-A. And she also wrote an awesome book, maybe it's like three years old now, The Sinner's Guide to NFP. And she has this fantastic quote. She says, when it comes to facing fertility, all God's children got angst. And she's right. We all have angst about some area of fertility. No one gets out of jail free when it comes to this area. So I think, again, I want to reiterate, the problem is when we talk about our crosses without sensitivity for where others are when it comes to fertility, or when we talk about someone else's cross as being inferior or easier to carry than our cross. So those are the two things that I want all of us to remember when it comes to fertility. Okay, Emily goes on to say, I want to know how I can help other women view their fertility as an invitation to God in their lives and how to bring unity even with everyone's different phases and callings in life. What do you think? Do you feel that it is emphasized in your circle of friends? Or do you hear that that mentioned in NFP talks? I'd love to talk about this more and hear about what is going on in Lincoln. So that's the end of Emily's email. Um, a couple thoughts with the last part. I think 
that it really comes down to continuing to talk about things and really modeling how you're inviting God into that part of married life. And I think it's admitting that NFP and dealing with the realities of fertility, that it's hard. And not in a doom and gloom kind of way, but just in a reality way. I think last week, um, when we're talking about NFP talks, Becca nailed it when she talked about how in some NFP talks, people feel the need to sell NFP instead of addressing the realities of living out married love while still being broken humans. And I don't think there's anything wrong that we're not going to scare people off by talking about the realities of what it involves. But at the same time, we're doing people a disservice when we don't talk about the difficulties because it sets people up for an expectation of what married life is going to look like. And then when things are difficult, people feel isolated and alone. But the devil wants us right there. He wants us to be alone in the dark, thinking that we are the only ones. That's his greatest trick to convince us that our crosses are so unique that no one else could possibly understand what we're going through. And let me be the first to tell you, if you haven't heard it already, Simka Fisher already said it, no one gets out of jail free. We all have angst about this stuff, no matter what kind of a cross we're carrying when it comes to our fertility. And the other thing that I'd say in response, Emily, is that we have to be careful when it comes to sharing our stories and that we want to make sure with these really intimate details of our lives that we're sharing our story with the person or people who have actually earned the right to hear our story. So have some discretion and prudence. Make sure that you're sharing these intimate details with the person that you should. Um, So like when we talked about NFP with our moms group, I think it was really helpful for women to share about the general things that they were noticing or experiencing within their marriages or topics that they keep hearing coming up. And then that was an opportunity for them to realize this is a topic that I need to dive into deeper within my more intimate friendships. So I think that just creating the atmosphere for those conversations is really powerful. Um, You asked what I've noticed in my circle of friends. I would say that it's so great to be able to have with your close friends that have earned the right to hear your stories, just sharing about the reality of some of the crosses when it comes to fertility and getting real about where those struggles are. And then not just ending there, but then asking for prayers from your friends and There are some things that you can really only share with a good girlfriend. There are some things that you're going to want to troubleshoot and talk through with your girlfriend. She'll be able to give you some perspective that not even your husband will be able to give you. And if you don't have that friend, start praying for that friend that you can have these really good godly conversations with. That's going to be the friend who is going to be rooting for your marriage. And she's going to be able to sit with you in the hard stuff and pray with you in it. And I really, I cannot think of a more beautiful thing in friendship than that moment when you share the really hard thing and the friend responds with, can I pray with you about this? And they're asking to pray with you in that moment. And you're able to pray together about the thing. And 
I think the best advice that I've ever received in friendship is to be the kind of friend that you want to have, to be brave when you feel the moment's right. Use some discernment here, but to be brave in disclosing the things when it's appropriate, and then offer prayers for your friend when she's needing it. And I um, I know I mentioned on a previous episode that I'm going to be meeting with some different people in our diocese, in the Diocese of Lincoln, to talk about NFP and areas that we can improve upon and ways that we can have some better resources and supports for people in various stages, whether they're single, engaged, married, consecrated, religious, seminarians, priests, fertile, infertile, widows, widowers, all those different ages and stages. We as a diocese need to make sure that we're meeting people where they are and providing resources for them. So I'm really looking forward to that meeting and I'm anxious to share what I learned and to find out more from all of you what's happening in your area. Well, that's all that I have for this week. I would love for you to join this conversation. I still feel like I've only scratched the surface when it comes to NFP and all of of the different directions I could take this conversation, but I wanted to be sure and share your feedback. I would love to hear your thoughts on all of this. Please let me know what is happening in your area and what would you like to see happen? How do you invite God into this area of your life? And what about your circle of friends? How have you helped one another with the realities of fertility? And can you think of a time when you or a friend was struggling and how you helped each other? I would love to hear about it. As always, you can email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Another fun feature that I would love to add to the podcast is your voice. Um, Several of my friends are on the app that's called Voxer, V-O-X-E-R. Basically, it's like a walkie-talkie app, and it's a way for you to share a voice message, and it would be a fun and easy way for me to get your voice onto the podcast. So if you would like to ever send me feedback via Voxer, just download the app, V-O-X-E-R. It's an orange walkie-talkie icon and you just push record and then you send it to me. You can find me on Voxer. You just search for my name as one word, Catherine Boucher, that's spelled B-O-U-C-H-E-R. And then you can send me your feedback that way. And I'll feature your voice on the episode. I think that would be a lot of fun. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.